It's a 13 week course, right? 13 weeks. Why, why did you come here to learn the mark? Why are you looking for the mark? Have you ever? Well, I'm sure you have your reason. I'm sure you have your reason. So I would like you, some of you at least, one of you at least, to merrily shout out the answer. Why? There's no right or wrong answer because this is your answer. This is for you, your answer, your own, my question to you. Why did you learn? Why are you learning the mark? What is it about the mark that drew you here? Looking for answers. To what? For more happiness and also there's something in my mind that can just escape. The monkey just let it go. <laughs> Sweet! Uh, Sweet! Okay, so for you, you were looking for more happiness. happiness. Okay? That's your answer. Any other? Any others? Everybody don't know what you're looking for. Some Saturday got nothing to do. Since we got nothing to do, might as well do something meaningful. When there are a lot of people with nothing better to do. Free some more. Free some more. Yeah, the class is free. So, I like your answer. The rest of you, do you share his answer or you have no answer? Or you're... You you actually don't know why. <laughs> yes. It used to be personal. Okay. So the cost, the mind has changed. So the first entry will be for two people. Ah. Oh, I like your class. <laughs> hey, people scoring A there. The rest of you are no answer means what? D minus. <laughs> because we're very compassionate. We never give F. Any other answers? Yes. Ah, so therefore, happiness. Okay, I make it easier for you. You either answer yes or no. How's that? Yeah, better, huh? Less daunting. How many of you are here in search of happiness? Raise your hand. How many of you are here? You didn't know why you were here, but now that everybody raised their hand, you also raise your hand. <laughs> Anybody like that? And and anyone else with a different answer completely from search happiness? Anybody? Ah, ah, okay. So you are looking, you are looking for knowledge, understanding of the dhamma. But there must be something about the dhamma that drew you, right? Ah, okay. So we are selling to the uh, marketing portion done. Well done. <laughs> See, I read your mind. Broadly, most people are here. Most people are drawn towards spirituality. I won't say the mark. Most people are drawn towards spirituality because they want to know beyond what Beyond what they are experiencing in life, what else is there? And very often, it has to do with a sense that there's meaning, there's meaning missing somewhere. You live through life, 
you're born, you go to school, you find work, you meet people, you fall in love, you get married, you produce, and then say you're all Like life is just like that. So many people, when it reaches a certain point of stability, they start saying, I, I have to have a bit more. I want to know a bit more. Okay? And very often, this restlessness, this little search, has to do with a sense that the life is not really happy. It's not as if you are dying, that you are in pain, excruciating pain. No. There is no excruciating pain. I mean, some of you do have, but most of you don't. You're not, you're not in agony. But yet, you feel that you should be happier. And you're just not happier, like something is missing. Is that a fair description? Yeah? So, what I'm going to introduce here, dragging it out happily, is to explain that there are broadly two types of pleasure. There is pleasure in the secular mundane living. living. Your ownership. In other words, things that you own. That's why people go shopping. Shopping gives them temporary pleasure. Relationships. So many of you feel that there is pain in life because you are not managing some relationship properly. And when, when the people you love, love you back in the same degree as you love them, life is heavy, isn't it? Quite pleasurable. Anyway, that's pleasure. Progress has to do with yourself feeling that you are earning more money, you are being promoted, you are being recognized. You are affirming, you are having affirmation happily. It makes you feel happy. Uh, gains, acquisitions, purpose, meaning, happy, good time, etc. This is what I call pleasure in secular mundane world. For some people, this is it. They are quite happy here. Yes? But not for you guys. You guys are spiritually more attuned perhaps. It's not good enough. There is another type. I call it joy and spirituality. Now, in the first type of pleasure, I call it pleasure because that's what it is. It gives you a cheap thrill. It makes you delighted. When you buy something you want, or you get that particular thing that you want, it does give you a cheap thrill. You bake the cake, it rises, sweet, yeah? But, I call it cheap thrill because it doesn't last. It comes, you enjoy it, that's it, yes? Spiritual joy is different. When you experience these mental states, Wholesomeness, being charger, generosity. For those of you who have attended the classes, there will be a lot of Pali used tonight. 
Okay? I assume you have attended the classes, so you must know the words. Chaga is generosity. Being chaga, having demand knowledge, affirming faith, having wisdom. All these mental states are pleasurable. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, are joyous. They, these mental states can spring from within. They are not that conditional. They do not depend on you having external acquisition. They are from within. That's the big difference. Okay? In what I call more sustainable happiness in lay living means you need to have spiritual joy. If it's just pure, mundane, secular joy, of happiness, pleasure, it doesn't work. You need to have spirituality to feel more fulfilled in life. Okay? Now, in order for you to experience true spiritual joy, you need to get closer to a faith. In our world, in our context, it is the demand. Okay? What I want to share tonight is to give you an idea in your first term, it's an overview. In your first term, why we covered those five mental states. Are you aware, for those of you who have attended 12, 30, this is 14, today is 13. For those of you who have attended 12 weeks with us, like suddenly I'm so wise, I know 12 weeks with us, are you aware that there are two themes, two themes that we wanted you to understand and to incorporate into your life? The Dhamma journey, we talk about the Dhamma journey, right? We always talk about this training of the mind, Dhamma journey. It actually contains two themes. Theme number one is transformation. In other words, if you want to be happy, to really experience spiritual joy, you have to change. If you don't change, if your mind does not bring, develop, cultivate certain new mental states and make those mental states a part of your life, if that doesn't happen, you can forget about the Dhamma Jordan. You can have it temporarily when you come for courses and classes and then people around you experiencing it and you feel happy with that. Then you go home, oh God. In order that they become a part of your life, literally, they have to be a part of your wiring, the brain. So you have to, you have to cultivate certain mental states. And those are the five mental states that we have been telling you over the past 12 weeks. They come from us, by the way. This was introduced by the Buddha. His cousin went to him and spoke to the Buddha 
about his concern if he were to die suddenly, he's afraid that his mind, he doesn't know where his rebirth will be and so on. This is in the Mahanama Sutta. And the Buddha said, don't worry, your mind is consolidated in the five mental states, you are fine. What does that mean? If you have these five mental states as part of your mind at all times, even if you were to be killed suddenly, like airplane drop, I quit drama on it. <laughs> you don't have to worry. Your mind is wired in that way, the wiring takes over. Even if you are so scared, you should be quite scared because you don't have your parachute with you, right? But you don't have to worry. Why? Because it's so consolidated enough, the wiring protects you. So this five, these five mental states, we said it's for people to go to a heavenly for a heavenly rebirth. Reason is because the Buddha said you have these five mental states consolidated, uh, not that you touch and miss, miss the touch, not that type. Consolidated means spontaneously they come up within you all the time. Then you are fine. When thunder strike, oh no, no, thunder doesn't strike. Lightning strike. <laughs> when lightning strike, you are fine. Okay? And I said, it's not tenable to stay unchanged and be happier. Where you are, you are here. If you are here, it means, to, to me, it means you are saying, I can be happier than this. And if you say you can be happier than this, continuing as the way you are, it wouldn't work. You duck yourself into this hole. You want to dig yourself out by digging deeper? You have to change. Something has to change. How much you have to rewire depends really very much on how bad your wiring is already. If your wiring is very jialat, you have to change more. If your wiring is only a little bit jialat, then lucky you. You don't need massive reconstruction. You get it? Okay? Ah, okay. Now, test time, test time. Okay? What are the five mental states? See so loudly, eh? Faith, excellent. Uh, in Pali? That the teacher don't answer. Ah. Number two? Sila. And what is that? Morality. Number three? Chaga. Number four? Sutta. Wrong. Number five. Okay. Actually, the five of them goes like this. Huh? Sutta. Sila. Sutta. Sutta. Sutta is learning. Chaga. And the fifth one? Panya. Panya. So that's why it's over there says, Critical but not always mentioned by name. Because in some sutta, Buddha actually dropped sutta. He dropped it. Not all the time he will he will raise sutta. Sutta is learning. Because some people know learning, but they're very chaga. They're very sila. They have a lot of sutta. They are also five. Okay? Sutta is for you guys. 
you quite quite sit down here and sit through two and a half hours, very suitable. Okay. Next, second theme, second theme of the Dhamma journey. Taming number one. Who's number one? Who's number one? You don't know who's number one. You are. You are always number one. Because every time you come at one, two, three. <laughs> Isn't it? Hello? This this class like very quiet today. Are they usually so quiet? They're always so quiet. Oh yeah. Except break time, seriously. Can you not be so quiet during lesson time? I'm actually quite happy with you. Have a bit of engagement. The second theme of the Dharma journey is taming the mind. Okay? I repeat, huh? Every the effort you have to put in, you have to do two things. Remember this. Incorporate this into your life. Number one, you are transforming your mind, rewiring your mind. You will have a physical body, I call it rewiring your mind. And number two, in the process of rewiring, you're trying to tame certain habits, certain mental habits. Okay? So now we're going to revisit all five mental states. We will see how much you have to learn. I said the bane of cynicism. Do you know what that means? For many of us, for many of us, skepticism, cynicism. You know the meaning of the word cynicism, right? Anybody doesn't know? Don't have. Never mind, you don't know, you use Google, okay? Spelled like this. Cynicism, skepticism. It's a part in you that says, you sure or not? Can I trust that? Is it really like this? Or in Singlish, sure not. Like that, man? Uh -huh. Alright, any, any, any other version of Singlish? Something like that. Umiabo. Now, let's not, now, the jokes aside, when you ask your own mind, come in, in case, I'm expecting more guests, come, come. There are many seats here, squeezed in. Okay, now, I want you to look at your mind, huh? This is an interactive class, what I ask you to do, you do. You look at your own mind. If someone comes to you and tells a story, too good to be true, what's your instinct? Sure not. Money investment, you sure not. Someone coming to teach you the mark, sure not. You trust them. And you say, yeah, no, 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 I trust the Dhamma, I trust the Buddha. You do. I don't doubt you. You believe you do. But you don't do exactly what the Buddha said. If you believe that you are that faithful, if you are truly 
a follower of the Dhamma. What does that mean? It means you believe in the Buddha's wisdom. We said, we said Sadda, it must have been said before. Sadda means having absolute faith in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, right? Absolute faith in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. What does it mean? Having faith in the Buddha's wisdom. Having faith that the Dhamma as a method of teaching for training the mind towards enlightenment will work. That's the second one. I believe the Dhamma will work in helping me to be enlightened. Third, Sangha. There are, there were practitioners who have walked it all the way through. And I believe that. That's the power of this real belief. This is the belief. The Buddha's infinitely superior wisdom. His teaching will work. There are, were people who have broken through, saw the Dhamma. Walk it through. You, if you don't believe in these three, there is no faith. You understand? Now, some of you will say, I, I believe Buddha's superior wisdom, I do, I do. I believe Dhamma will work, I do, I do. I believe, God, 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 Arahan, God, God. And everyone else, God, I believe, I believe. I don't believe in me. I don't believe I can do it. Okay? That is why comes this part. It is not just triple gem of outside. The triple gem must arise within you. Therefore, you have to believe you can do it. Why do I say that? You say, oh, I'm so no modesty there. No. It's whether you believe in Buddha or not. The trouble for us, the trouble for us is we believe we know better than Buddha. Pusuma? <laughs> meaning, not true? Pusuma? Why? Because you said, I know better. I know I'm not good enough. I'm not pure enough. I don't have enough faith. I'm not so smart. I've got no PhD. You believe you know better than the Buddha. Did the Dhamma come with advisory that you need a PhD? Does it say, unless you have a PhD, do not open the track? It doesn't. The Nama, the Buddha actual word, the Buddha's word to his disciple at his deathbed. The last thing he said to his disciple, Subhadda, was as long as there is the eightfold path and will be Akriya. What's that mean? As long as the method is there, there will be people who will understand that they are true. I tell you what's the problem. You said you don't believe in yourself. Actually, you don't believe in the 
term. Because if you do the giving the good term, you will say like this. I will just do exactly as he said. That's all. I don't care. I don't have to judge myself. I don't have to be semi-critical or even fully critical from the point start. I will just do as the Buddha said. Someone said this to me, quite quite too. Quite quite. Buddha say what I quite quite do. That's all. You understand? So having faith means you know what has to be done, you will do as prescribed. Think of it this way. Think of it like this, huh? The doctor tells you, 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 are, you, you are not well, so you see a doctor. The doctor say, take this medicine three times a day, every eight hours. So first day, you're very quiet. Second day, you don't quite see the effect. You start to be not so quiet. So eight hour, nine hour, the ten hour, the third day you forgot to take. Your faith is as good as what you think you experience, isn't it? I quabble, I won't do. I don't see result, I stop. Your faith is has a limit. It is not unquestioned. Your faith is subject to your assessment of the medicine performance. And then after that you say, Bozun, doesn't work, let's see the next doctor. Money too much. Huh? Change medicine. You see what I'm saying? So, therefore, if you truly believe and your faith is strong, you will do as prescribed in full conviction that it will work because he said so. That's all. Okay? Be an island onto yourself. The idea here is once you incorporate the practice into your mind, the practice, I will explain later, you incorporate the practice into your mind, that's all it is. You will lead your life as as you understand the practice to be. The answers of life within, from your understanding, to your operationalizing the method, to whatever you experience, which I will further explain later under Panya. So you don't look outwards for answers, you don't look outwards for comfort and refuge, you look inwards. A true practitioner walking the path with confidence and conviction does not waver. He doesn't go around wondering and wondering and being perplexed. He will do as he understands the practice to be. That's the part you need to learn. What is that practice? What are the methods? What must be done? You just do. You don't second guess. You think too much, you already missed the boat. Uh, maybe I should go and train for the rainbow account. Yeah, maybe I should go and buy some snack on that. Book on. You get it? <laughs> this part, I tell you, the benefit of having absolute faith 
is and this is true it does not you don't have to be you don't have to be a follower of Uma. faith in anything gives you meaning okay faith is a very cute little mental energy by the way ah uh, oh incidentally faith doesn't mean you're definitely right it merely means you believe you have confidence you have trust faith is a mental energy that gives you a lot of softness all you need to do right now we put to the test okay right now i ask you to do what you just do i want you to say to yourself right now i believe in the demand say no need to say a lot in your mind i believe in the demand i believe in the buddha in his wisdom and in his teaching say that in your mind with confidence. Now I want you to look at your own mind. Do you feel a little tugging of joy? Yes or no? Seriously? Do you feel it? That's all it takes, you know? That is all it takes for you to feel joy. If you don't feel joy, it means really uh, your faith. 20% discount. Okay? Maybe more, 50% discount. Your faith is requires a little bit of work. So anyone with faith in their life, if their mind thinks and the faith arises, straight away they feel joy. Straight away they feel the, the mental energy, the light mental energy. Agree or disagree? The ones who have experienced it in daily life, sure, hey? You guys never <laughs> All those who feel faith in their regular daily life, raise your hand. Because I want you to show the others. If you don't, raise higher. All those of you who have not actually experienced it, you look around you. The ones who experience faith as a mental state in their daily life, they don't need plastic surgery. They look quite good. Okay? And the best part is at the end of life, at the end of life, this faith will give them a lot of joy. It make their mind very calm. All of us one day must walk that path sooner or later yes who believe they don't have to i dare you to show your hand <laughs> then the rest is a bit further <laughs> so all of us one day will walk this path having faith as a mental state will give you a lot of joy when a person lacks faith Sutter as a mental state, or is not familiar with Sutter as a mental state, their mind is actually quite hard. Okay? Hard meaning there is a certain sadness. You, you, you ask yourself this, huh? now, now I want you to do this. I want you, all those who feel so joyous earlier on, I want you to say this. I don't believe in this guy. Talk nonsense. Just say in your mind. Try la. <laughs> 
someone wants to sell you a, a I don't know, a, a, a investment scheme, and you don't believe in the guy. You have trouble accepting that investment scheme. Can you find your mind? Can you feel your mind turning a little bit more shriveled? Can you feel it? Yeah? It's like that. Say the right thing, the mind lives. Say the wrong thing, the mind sinks. Okay? So all of you with skepticism as a natural tendency, you have the wrong end of the deal. I kid you not. You want to fix that. Because that one is your obstacle course. It's that which makes it hard for you to walk along the normal path. This is the first, this is the first obstacle of the journey. Okay? I told you two parts, right? Transformation and taming. I tell you what. The reason why people have suffered as a problem is because there is a part in them that says, I know myself better. I call it cognitive superiority complex. <laughs> it is not that they carry a PhD. Uh. Some of us uh, who uh, don't carry PhD, but some of us who study a lot, uh, study a lot. Uh, I am that gullible. My faith, my faith is like, who does say so? I do. It's nothing to do with the number of the certs behind my, my name. It, it doesn't work that way. The thing, it just comes naturally. So you can have no PhD and no anything else and still have no faith. Because in you, there is this voice that says, I know better. And you have faith. In your own intellect, logic, reasoning, reasoning, your own reasoning, only you believe. But never mind, it's enough to obstruct you. Okay? Ironically, there is also this version. My cognitive inferiority complex. I'm not good enough. My views. So what does it take? It takes your conceit. Faith tames conceit. Get it? Faith, subdue mental energy. It tames, it corrects your conceit. Whether conceit upwards or your conceit downwards. Whether you think I'm better or you think I'm worse. Subdue Sudden mental states blocks your mind from talking too much. As a mental state, I'm telling you, as a mental state, sudden blocks your mind from going on and on and on and on about I'm better or I'm worse. So the, for those of you who feel that you don't quite get it, I'm not sure these guys know what they're talking about. You have a bit of sudden. For you, when you bow before the Buddha, this is what you ask for yourself. Please, for this week, let me feel what it feels like to have sadder. Okay? Oh, I stun you into silence. Uh. I hope I stun you into silence and not shock you into silence. <laughs> the positive thing, you know? You, I, I kid you not. 
if you experience faith for the first time, it blows your mind, literally. Don't you even, aren't you even curious how it feels like? Okay. Anyway, we will do one more mental state before we break a little. Sila. So that's faith, huh? Now it's sila. Sila, we say, is morality, right? I say the pain of being eye century. You see, the regular person, we are all regular, but who, who not regular? <laughs> Everybody regular? The regular person is always eye-centric. Whether you realize it or not, being very eye-centric is painful. Who agrees with me? I dare you. Who disagree with me? <laughs> no. The rest don't know. Never mind. If you don't know, have faith. Take my word for it. Okay? Let me share something with you. Are you aware of this? Read it first. Morality is about striking balance between protecting your interests and that of others. Are you aware of this? What does it mean? I will explain to you. You see, resources are limited. Time is limited. Money is limited. Nice things to eat limited. Not nice things to eat unlimited. <laughs> huh? So nice things to eat limited. And when we talk about whether we should give or we should take her, it has to do with balance. So those of you who are national average, if you come from my class, you know that I like to use this word. Those of us who are national average, we are the sort that say 50-50. 50% for me, I'm fair. 50% for you. Okay? If you do it like this, one car in, next car in, my turn come in, uh, then you are what I call national average nice. You're a decent guy. You don't step on your tail, I don't step back on yours. Happy, happy. Right? Right, right? So you are? You are? You Okay. Now, we all know of people, we all know of people who are below national average. So the more below national average, the nastier you are, right? You're very happy, but the rest of the world can see. Okay? So below national average means I take 90% for myself. That 10% I couldn't grab because you're nearer to it. I thought the Gyaboma, you got it really. So okay, now that you have it. Uh, that, do we agree is below national average? So what's above national average? The ones who say you'll take first is okay. What is that? I'll take. Agree? Isn't that morality? You don't have to think very hard. I'm telling you, don't have to 5%, 8%, 10%, 1%, 2%, 1%. You don't have to think very hard. How much you are grabbing for yourself 
and how much you're prepared to leave behind for others. That's where you can tell for yourself, are you better? Have you improved? Or you see better? That's all. You don't need the world, you don't need your teacher to say, I blessed you, you are Sotapana. No! <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You know for yourself whether you are still fighting for that 70%, 60%, 50%, 40%, or you are saying, I really don't need to fight, you all can have it. You get to a point where you say, I don't need to fight, you can have it. Somebody, bound to be somebody in the head, will say, Yeah, but then now you are now, you walk over. You are talking like a national average, that's all. If you are worrying about being walked over, you are national average. Every national average person is worried about being walked over. If you are different in your mind already, when you are starting to give rather than to take, if you are no longer fighting with the rest of the world, you know for yourself. If you are not fighting with the rest of the world, therefore, you are above national average. And the high, you, you, you tell me, huh? you, you tell me, you think Buddha will fight one cent with you? No, he will let you have it, everything you want. You don't give him also never mind. Yes? And we all know as being, as living human beings, we all know someone who doesn't fight with you is a good man. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> right? I mean, hello, I must teach you. Uh. You know, right? Oh, you all laugh so happily because you all know, you all agree with me. So therefore, morality is not so difficult. What is special about Buddha's teaching? What is special about Buddha's teaching is always this point. Very together, happiness and welfare for others and for yourself. Together. Whatever that you do, always remember, don't leave this one behind. You are not realizing you arahan, you can leave it behind. But until you hit arahan, you don't leave this guy behind. You leave this guy behind, at some point he get angry with you. You get angry with yourself. You give, 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 then at some point you say, Oh, give everything already. Don't give anymore. Fed up. Huh? Huh? Because you not realize. You not realize, you always remember. For others and for myself. Together. Get it? Okay? The natural instinct of a person or even animal, the natural instinct is to protect its territory. Protect, because our genes are configured, our DNA have been configured to keep you alive. Look, you are the survival. I always tell people this, your ancestor fought very well, so that's why you are here. You are carrying the genes of survival. So for sure you know how to fight when people said. You see that? The only problem is you don't know when it's 50%, you don't stop. You joke and you joke and you joke and you joke, never you forgot to stop. You forgot to look around you. So in our teaching, 
we we must act the brain your conscience must act as a natural check for you to stop put yourself in another person's shoe and say i think i've taken too much and the better you are the nicer you are the more you will check yourself that's all that's all okay and this part about restraining loba dosa loba is i need a chorus greed and dosa is aversion anger why are we checking these two because these are the two barometers where your mind says what's my view what's my deal these are the two loba dosa loba you want my deal dosa i'm very angry i'm not getting it so these are the two little habits in your mind telling you go fight go fight and then your 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 training your taming is to tell yourself enough of fighting many centuries of fighting these habits to fight is giving me a lot of pain you're doing this to yourself and this is what i'm going to say you're not doing the world a favor by observing morality it's for yourself you want to be happy those two instincts must be tamed those same two and by the way are you aware that every single you know the word akusala right and who never heard of the word akusala akusala who has never heard of that word okay huh? you all know that word akusala did you know every single mental state that you know to be akusala every one of them sits on loba did you know that every single akusala mental state that you can think of I dare you to throw me anyone you can think of. Every single one sits on the wall. There is something you want. So, for instance, ah, huh? let's see the most innocuous one. Doubt. Doubt is a absolute mental energy, right? Doubt. Wichikicha. Why is Wichikicha sitting on Loba? Yeah. Kitchen shouldn't be sitting on anything, right? It's just doubt. It sits on Loba because what is what is it that you want? You want to know. You want a straight answer. You want not to be confused. You want to be on the right track. You want answers. So which teacher stands from your desire not to be on the wrong train? because you will lose out if you're on the wrong train so even doubt sits on a one thing restlessness for sure sits on a one thing right you want pleasure you want shockness restlessness comes about you need the stimulation worry definitely sits on one thing fear of course you just name anyone afterwards if you don't want to embarrass me 
afterwards during break time we come out and say oh, what about this one ah? like don't have sitting on any one thing I will show you where it is okay and and now sila morality sila mental energy has nothing to do with act nice nice you know what I'm saying <laughs> singlish singlish you know some people it's all about pretense right I must walk in a certain way I must sit in a certain way I must look good in a certain way because I don't do all these things therefore I'm a nice person yes you know what I'm talking about anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about hello anybody home <laughs> should I repeat this point Huh? Confused, I start again. You look at the point, no real joy without sila. You see this point, right? It's about this point. And I want to make this point in association with this line. A person who is joyous, coming from within, that person has sila. By nature, he or she is not fighting. This person is not fighting with others. There is no demand. They're not chasing. They're not hurting others. They're naturally joyous. There will be the ones who are all about form. About form. To show that they are very similar. And these people, even if they are very good on the form, if you don't see joy, you know in there there's a lot of pain. You understand? So the sila, what I'm saying is sila is not for show. Sila is to protect your mind. You have it. You have it. It means the natural instinct in you is not to go and hurt another because you want something. You will always put yourself in another's shoes. If this brings this person joy, I will do it for the fuller. That's all. Okay? Okay, last point to make. Morality is not unique to Buddhism. You, you, this is something that has always been said. All religions teaches morality, therefore all religions are the same. We are not doing morality for morality's sake. Okay? Morality is very much a part of the training. Because what we are seeking is awakening. At the end of this Dhamma journey, it's about awakening to the reality of mind. And sila is critical for the mind to hit a level of calmness. That level of calmness is necessary for meditation. Then the meditation plus this calmness creates the correct condition for the mind to suddenly be awakened, to realize. Okay? So unique, unique to the Dhamma is Sila is the means to end. It's a means to an end. It's not an end in itself. 
Of course, if you're very modest, if you're very modest about your own expectations and you say, you know what, I go heaven, I'm happy already. So be it. Then you see la is your end to be it. It's the individual's choice. Okay? Finally, one more, one more slide. Taming about number one. The first thing it tames is self-centeredness. The tendency, our tendency to be all caught up in our own mind about us. It's all about us. By the way, uh, if you have a lot of pain, uh, it's also all about you. That is why when a person has a lot of experiences a lot of pain, they become very nasty. Pain already not happy being with other people. Then it creates more pain for themselves. Okay, that's that unfortunately it's oh uh, well. Oh, you mean it didn't appear on this side. Did it appear? It did, right? Then I give you the all. The second thing that it came, as you can tell, craving and grasping is obvious, right? I'm gonna explain. Let me explain. And the third one, this one, this is important. You see, what I said earlier about how a mind is never, how, how one is never cruel in a good mood. If you're in a bad mood, that's when you may lash out. But you're never cruel in a good mood. Even Saddam Hussein is a nice man, right? he's in a good mood. You understand what I'm saying? So if you can tame this craving instincts in you, this self-centeredness instinct in you, your mind will naturally become light and happier, gentler. In that state, you will not cool. Okay? I have to say this because what it means is this. If you have never really tamed, I mean, sorry, tamed the mind. If you have never really tamed your craving, if you have never really tamed that, so even though right now you may be a nice person, the capacity for cruelty is always there. You look at your own tongue when you're very frustrated. Cruel words can come out. You may not have reached a point where you beat up somebody. Maybe you're small, hard to beat. Maybe you're big, then jalap. In other words, for as long as you have never really succeeded in taming craving instincts, the capacity for violence and the capacity to do wrong is always there. Okay? We will take a... Uh, so next, we're going to look at chaga. You know what's chaga, right? Chaga is what? Generosity. Again, it's a state of mind, huh? It's a state of mind. And I start off saying the dukkha of daily living. Why start chaga with this, you know, the pain of the self, the eye centric, the pain of skepticism? Why does one start like this? Dukkha of daily living. Because the natural instinct, all natural instinct, is about 
my interest, my desire is about what gives me pleasure, right? The mind wants to be happy. The mind seeks delight all the time. Happiness and delight, they are not the same. Delight gives you pleasure. And our wonderful mind translates that pleasure into happiness. But the reality is, it's pleasure. And this pleasure, depending on something that is external, is conditionally a reason. Yet, day in, day out, year in, year out, we always seeking pleasure and delight. Which is why daily living can be quite tiring. We don't see it. Most time we don't see it. And we don't see it because you work very hard for that one moment of pleasure. You got it. It gives you enough delusion to chew over and start on the next round of chasing. Right? That, unfortunately, is how we keep happy and stay happy for a long time. For until you hit the mark. Until you get to the mark. Otherwise, we continue to do it like this. Chaga is so important. This concept it is so important that when the Buddha in his lifetime, when he was teaching non-believers, lay people, when he taught them, the first thing he taught, dana. Not identical, similar, not identical, but the idea is the same. Dharma is an action of giving. In most cases, when you don't know any better, you will just assume Dharma is done with generosity in mind. But of course, we know sometimes it doesn't happen like this. You can put the act, you can have the act of giving, but up here, low bound. Empty of chaga, chaga lobang. Okay, empty of chaga. But but it is so important because unfortunately for us, our instinct is all about taking. And in the practice, you have to start by learning to let go. Conceptually. Conceptually easy to hear and understand, but one of the hardest to practice. And the more it matters to you, the harder to be charged. Some people say, Oh, I'm very generous. I'm the biggest donor of beer. Everybody can fight for me. That's because money doesn't matter to you. If money matters a lot to you, very hard. And sometimes, sometimes, for instance, huh, you can be very chargered about giving away something. Let's say you, you like this food. Then you say, ah, oh, very chargered and give it away. But if someone fight with your kid over that food, that piece of she's precious food, you will fight to the death. 
You won't fight to the death for you, you fight to the death for him or her. Why? Because the child matters. You don't matter as much. You see what I'm saying? So even if you think you're very charger, you need to go down to what really matters. And you know for yourself, you know for yourself, when it truly matters, and when, and when you are beginning to change. This is what I'll show you in a while. I said charger on all vicissitudes of life. You know about the eight vicissitudes of life, right? What are they? Happiness and pain, pleasure and pain, gain and loss. What else? Fame and infamy. What else? Praise and blame. Chaga, if you want to know what it is, you just pack the chaga into these eight parts. All the part that human wants. Human wants gains. Human wants name. Good name. Bad name alone. You say me nice, good. Say some more. Instagram it. See me not nice, don't say so much. Eh? Delete, delete. I sue you. <laughs> you think about it. So if you're talking about why when you quarrel with somebody, it is so difficult to let go. That's also chaga. If you can forgive, it's chaga. If you can set aside your own time for another, it's chaga. It's not just about the heart gift. It's, the, it's really the ones that matter. If someone goes around calling you name, it's very hard to forgive. Right? If someone goes around and smear your name, it's very hard to forgive. You will say, I can forgive, but you try and do this. Stop. Chaga actually really means at the highest level, the Buddha, at the highest level, people go around and smear his name. And the disciples want to fight back. They want to, Buddha, let's get out of here. Let's go, let's go. You know, why are we sticking around here? Buddha says, Dori. Will pass, that be, and it did pass. You see what I'm saying? So, at a certain point, how much you can let go is how much you can be charged about. How much you can let go? What can you let go? What no longer matters? And you will know. See, the start point for a lot of people, the, the easiest one is actually karma jangka. What you eat, what you watch, what you hear, what you smell, that kind of thing. The karma tangha. <coughs> People can give you their final, I don't know, piece of food. But their ideas matter. You come and talk about Buddhism, I fight you back. View. Views. So chaga. Are you able to embrace another and respect their right to their view? It's not about you. It's about what gives them joy. Can you be charger about it? See what I'm saying? Why, why is it so difficult? Why is view so difficult? Because view is the expression of I. So fundamentally, the I is the hardest to let go of. Okay? 
Well, originally they were supposed to appeal one by one. But I had it like this because I found that I couldn't control it. So therefore, you know that going to be three points. How do you know for yourself that you are making progress of Jaga? These are some of the milestones you can look out for. Okay? Number one. You look at your mind, huh? If your mind talks a lot when you're supposed to give something, your chugger quite jealous. <laughs> the more you talk to explain why you must be chugger, the more chugger needs work. Get it? So if you find that you spend half an hour convincing yourself that you should join BF, because it's only how much? Huh? How much? How much? Three dollar. $50. Ah, so you think, I must join the end, it's only $50. $50 means I eat less than. Okay, $50. Sweet. First step in the right direction. Okay? Only in the right direction. Step one. There are 679 to go. Okay? And you no, seriously, you look at your own mind. When it's very easy to be chugger, do you even talk? No. I mean you build a cake, you bake a cake. Yeah? Pick some more. Uh, oh, 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 I don't know, paint, draw, write, teach when you offer your service. Many of you came down to offer service for Vesak Day, right? Did you have to talk a lot? Your public holiday, you should sit at home, watch TV. <laughs> Uh, do you talk like this or you just go? What's <laughs> wrong? Uh, did you do that? Which one? A or B? B. Sweet. On that day, your chugger very high marks. The less conversation, the less internal dialogue. Now, if you need to recruit help to convince you, your chugger even more jealous. Meaning, not even internally talking, you need external affirmation. No, it's good. Let's go, go, do it together. Come, come. We all help you. We all stick around you. Bring you along. You need a lot of work, man. I teach you the day you say that. That's when, You have arrived for that one for that purpose. Yeah. Next, the second thing about charger. Let me explain this. One and two are related, but they're not identical. Okay? Number two, discriminating less means this person I like, that person I don't like. If you think they all got to take my money for do this, that, or other, or not. Huh? So the more you discriminate, I don't like this color, I don't like this face, I don't like his perfume, the more you have a problem with chaga. Get it? The more you don't look at color, you don't look at face, and you don't look at identity, you just do it, the more is your chugger. Okay? You know for yourself. So, if you talk a lot inside, and you got grade 1, grade 2, grade 3, grade 4, grade 5, okay, BF, I give $5. Procasi, uh, I give $10. Uh, ABC, I give $15. You discriminate like this, okay? $15 divided by 3. Everyone say, sweet. Get it? SPCA also gives up. Sweet. 
Chaga, you just embrace and go. The more you talk, the more you need talking to. The last one. This uniquely are for people who spend their time looking at their own mind. If you are a practitioner, if you tell me you're a practitioner, you should actually be able to start differentiating for yourself in your mind what degree of chugger you're experiencing. Chugger got degree one, no? If you say, hey, they all seem the same, you're either very arahant or not. <laughs> okay? What's the difference from not gripping to not holding to letting be to accepting to being equanimous? You tell me what's the shades. First one, you're holding on to yourself in the, your, 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 your things very tightly. So as you learn to ungrip, this is not gripping. The next level, you're just holding, not gripping. But it gets more and more feelings don't get involved. Equanimous, your feelings don't get involved. It doesn't, you don't feel anything. It's therefore easy. Think of it like rocky sea and a quiet lake. Chaga is very cooling. Just do. Not so many thoughts. Not so many discrimination. Okay? So what does it take? Now, I, I will do it faster, but <coughs> with the more common ones. Uh, you know the self-centeredness and craving and grasping. So that's this one. Our practice is about realizing for yourself the habit of the mind to grip and hold and own. As long as your mind has that habit, that's the source of dukkha. As you begin to give and give and give, your mind starts to rewire. Eventually, this gripping energy will loosen. Okay, this is just the mind. It starts to loosen. This is helping you realize for yourself that in serving and in giving lies cessation of dukkha. You must see the correlation for yourself. I'll give you an example. You all have quarreled with someone before, right? Who haven't? <laughs> please, please share with all of us. <laughs> so correct, huh? I didn't anyhow accuse you, huh? We all have quarreled with people before, right? Huh? Okay. Now, after you have quarreled, who made peace first? Pick the occasion when you make the first move to make peace, okay? Do you recall how you felt before and after? Before so hard, so hard, it's going to be the end of the world, I'm, not, I'm supposed to apologize, really? And then you say, I'm sorry. Yeah, sunlight and bright sunny sky. The cloud lifted. This class then said, I have to translate everything I say. <laughs> Cloud lifted, the mood lifted, joy surfaced, arose. Ah, yeah? Not or not? Yeah. 
can you see for yourself when you can let go to actually help to feel better? For those of you who have done it before, you know what I'm talking about. But before you did it, do you remember how your mind was resisting? Right? The mind that resisted is the delusional mind, the moha. The mind that said, okay, I will do it because I want to make peace because I want the person to have a good night's sleep. The mind that did that has chakra. And straight away you feel better. You felt better. Get it? For those of you who say, oh, I, I don't get it. Never mind, I will send one of my our fellow facilitators to you. Quietly, quietly come here, then quietly whisper. Who get it? Then we will send the facilitator to you. Alright? Get ready, are you Alright? So, for sure, this is a natural state. You're able to forgive, you're able to let go, you will feel better. For sure. If you say, I've never tasted this before, your moha needs fixing. Okay? Sutta, learning. Was this covered? Was Sutta covered? Okay. Sutta deals with the vicious cycle of ignorance, foolish complacency, and procrastination. Don't know what it means? Never mind. We are releasing a book tonight on Sutta. The whole book, uh, actually it's a chapter, but it feels like a book when you're working on it. Feels like a book. It's going to be released on Facebook, uh, JDI page. You'll go download and read. Okay? And this is the point. You see, when you don't know the Dhamma, you don't know any better, then you say, wait, wait, wait till I need it now. Right now I don't need it. Then you say, well, it's okay. Wait till I need it, then I go work on it. So this is a vicious cycle. Isn't it? Now, for those of you, the ones who are attending this class, did, did the class help you feel better? Understand better? Are you glad you are here? Well, well done, man, teachers. <laughs> you see, you could have delayed one more year. Yes? You could have delayed one more year. Many people out there are delaying many more years. Is there a part in you that says, I wish someone I love actually understand this? Do you have that in you? You do, right? So you understand what I mean by the vicious cycle of ignorance, foolish, complacency, and procrastination. Isn't it? Okay, moving on. What is important is having the right knowledge, having the correct understanding, because when you start working and operationalizing your eightfold path, you implement, you operationalize it, you need to correct understanding, you operationalize correctly. If you have a wrong understanding, you don't know where to put your focus, and that will, what will happen is then you'll go in a circle all over the place, and then you say, nothing has changed. I don't know what has changed. I feel the same. My world around me also say I am the same. Meaning the same miserable self. So nothing has changed. Therefore, you got the wrong practice. Okay? Either that or you didn't understand. The teacher taught you right, but you didn't understand. So don't everything say teacher's fault, okay? <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes it's our own fault, okay? 
And, okay, for Sutta, the main thing is the Four Noble Truths. Four Noble Truths, Eightfold Path. Four Noble Truths encompasses the Eightfold Path. The training steps of Panya, Sila, Samadhi, Pinya, Tira. Samadhi is what? Uh? <laughs> I don't know in Myanmar. <laughs> Samadhi. Tilakana, you all know Tilakana? Next term, all these concepts will come up. Tilakana is impermanence, dukkha, and selflessness, non-self. Okay? All these will come up next term. But in terms of Sutta, the most important part of the Dhamma is these. Vulnerable Truth, Eightfold Path, Training Steps of Panya, Sila, and Samadhi. Okay, that's Eightfold Path. And Anicca Dukkha You can get this. In fact, in fact, if you're so good, you don't even need Tilakana. Did you know that? Let me tell you a story. Have you heard of the gradual instruction of the Buddha? Never mind, tonight read the book. When Buddha first came out to teach the Ma, when the Buddha first came out to teach the Ma, the first five people he taught, he taught the Ma to, you know, right? Five people, five ascetics, right? You all know that, right? What's the name of that sutta? Dhamma Sutta. Well done! Pumas, huh? Pumas. Then came a second sutta. What's the sutta name of the sutta? Anatta sutta. Teachers are all answering happily. Now, then the third person he taught, the matu. Who is it? Never read the book, uh, between the lines. Uh, read. The third person he taught, the third, sorry, first, 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 well, five months, then the next person that he taught the matu, was a guy called Yasser. Followed by, after Yasser were Yasser's father, Yasser's mother, Yasser's wife. Yes? And then came 50, 50, 54 friends. All of them were lay people. Okay, uh, Yasser, wife, father, mother, and 54 friends. All were lay people. And all these guys, listening only to the four noble truths, entered the street. Did you know that? So, captured in the canon, captured in the canon, all you need is really to understand the four noble truths. You don't have to worry about Patichasamupatta. You don't have to worry about Pilakana, but if you cannot, then you proceed to learn You go on, okay, you train on. But actually, if you completely and absolutely internalize the Four Noble Truths, and it becomes a part of your operating system, in other words, you change your software here, Change the software into the four noble truths as as the operating OS OS right operating system. You're done. Enter screen. Okay. Then you say, 
Really? Yeah. Sadder, sadder. Okay, sadder. And it boils down to application. You see, Four Noble Truth has two key parts. Part one, Buddha's description of reality. Reality, not your delusional world. Reality. Four Noble Truth has the Buddha's description of reality. Number one. Number two, how do you fix the mind so that you see the reality as is? What is the reality as is? First, second, and third noble truth. Okay? That's all. If you can see first, second, and third noble truth, that's the reality as is. What else you want? Why but teachers are not the Really? And, and in order for you to see reality as is, what do you need? The fourth noble truth. Eightfold path. That's all. Understand that correctly? See the reality as is? Congratulations. That's all. Okay? The result. The result of correct understanding and correct rewiring, the result is this. This, happiness, sukkah. No more cessation of, cessation of dukkha. The more you understand, the more dukkha diminishes. That's your reality. That's what is your reward, your Affirmation. For you, if you say, how do I know I'm on the right track? Know for yourself. Look, you are the guy who is experiencing the dukkha, right? Not me. I'm not living your life. So you are the best person to know for yourself. Has your dukkha level, dukkha quotient, DQ. Has your DQ go up or come down? If your DQ goes up as you practice, you know you are fucking up the wrong tree. If your DQ, DQ, you know what, huh? If your DQ comes down, then continue. It's the right path. Okay? Then you say, hey, what happens if I feel joy and pain? You are on a schizophrenic path. <laughs> someday good, someday you revert to bad. Bad practice. Okay? Either that or it's a bit sock. <laughs> the wiring cannot sock. You have very unusual experience. Okay. Sutta. What does sutta tame for number one, right? Your addiction to pleasure. Look, I told you. Understanding of the Dharma means understanding the four noble truths. Seeing reality as is, is seeing the four noble truths. You see the normal truth. What does the law for noble truth say? The normal truth of dukkha. And still you're addicted to pleasure. The word is not wanting pleasure. The word is addicted. Addiction. Fixation. Obsession. OCD. About pleasure. It is not that you cannot have pleasure. 
It is that you are no longer trapped in the grip of pleasure. You are free. The second one, I use the word again, addicted to ignorance. There you go. So what? I told you earlier a version, a version of a version of ignorance is when you believe that when you get what you want, when you, you when you don't forgive and you let your ego stand in the way and you fight on and so on and so forth, and that's to protect yourself. That's moha. Remember? I said that, right? And reality, correct, the correct practice is. Chaga, learn to let go, learn to forgive, learn to accept. One is wisdom. The other one is delusion. You perceive that for you to be happy, you have to know how to protect yourself to the end. You have to fight everybody to protect number one. That's your perception. And therefore, that's a delusion. That's a form of delusion. There are many, many forms of it, but this is one form. You can attend my next talk on Mirage. At this minute, Mirage. That's where I explain to you what's delusion. Okay? Right here, addiction to ignorance is like this. You live your life with a certain frame of reference, with a certain way of seeing, understanding, and perceiving the world, and you don't want to change it. Because this way is correct, you said. And you hold on to this way. The more you understand the Dhamma properly, the more you understand the Dhamma properly, the more you realize that your reference is faulty. The more you accept you have to change this frame of reference. This is when you start to change. If you insist on holding on to your frame of reference, you insist this is the way to go. You will not compromise on that. Then forget it. The mom will come in. You get what I'm saying? So, the more you read with, no, that sutta doesn't stand alone. Sutta comes after sadha and sila. So, this is the sutta of one who has faith and is upholding sila. And this guy, when he reads the Dhamma and he learns the Dhamma, he's getting it like you are. Is it like you are? You have Sadda and you have Sila, you're getting it. Okay? So you are the frame of reference. Finally, I'm talking about Panya. Panya was a lesson that was done just about two weeks ago, right? So it should be fresh in your mind where some of the other lessons were much earlier. I said, Hanya as opposed to mindless living and a wasted life. Is that powerful? I want you all to take one moment to reflect on your own life. Your own life. If you never had this opportunity to learn the Dhamma, it, it, would your life be different? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 means 180 degree different. Don't say 360, 360 is back to the same point. Huh? 
180 degree different. 10 or 1, no change. For those of you, or rather, to everyone I ask this question, you just raise your hand at the number you think reflects where you are today. Okay? Who says what? Wasted all my saliva. <laughs> Who says two? So bad. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You don't know my question, I should repeat for you. Huh? <laughs> I repeat again. Wait. Wait, the video, people raising hand. Okay, okay, no, no. No, no, I'm going to ask the, same, the, the question. Huh? Ten, you, I expect to see your hand at some point. I don't have care where it come, pops up. It must pop up. Okay? Before, the question is before and after the ma. The ma, before and after. Okay? One, nothing has changed. Zero. Ten, hundred and eighty degree shape. Completely changed. Meaning to say, if you had not, you believe, if you had not known the Dhamma, you would have lived a wasted life. Okay? So now we're going to start again. Erase, erase, erase. Erase. Okay? Erase, erase. Just in case you only understand why I say We start again. Starting from one. Anybody one? Two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Okay. And the ones who raise at ten are the ones where the Dhamma has fundamentally shifted the mind. It makes that world of difference. The ones who are at the lower end of the figure, below five, huh? below five, means you are only beginning to come into the demand, actually, and already it's starting to make a slight difference to you. Panya, Panya is that mind, that mental state that makes the correct judgment call. And the fundamental thing about Panya is knowing how to bring about happiness for yourself and for another. The difference between Panya and intelligence is one is about judgment for maximum welfare and happiness. And the other one is about solving problems. You have a problem, you're going to solve it. The smarter you are, the faster you solve it. And it deals with absolute number. Faster, better, cleaner, cheaper. You know absolute number. Panya deals with maximizing happiness. Welfare for all. Interest of all. The balance. So from a mundane perspective, you can have Panya. You can have Panya from a very mundane perspective. You will say he's a wise man because he knows how to bring about, he knows how to restore harmony. 
He knows how to prevent conflict. He knows how to bring people together to work together. That's Panya, right? That's wisdom. That's mundane. And how is a person able to do that? Because he knows how to use the language that has everybody agreeing with him. Yes, this is maximum return for everyone. This is what you want in a leader. A wise leader is someone who can tell everybody, speak the language to everybody. We all must agree on something so that we can work together for everyone. And if he's very skillful, they will agree with him. A person with Panya has acceptance, moderation, contentment. Okay? That's, that's a basic part. Ah, spiritual Panya. That which we are interested in. With regards to spiritual Panya, there are actually four parts. I'm not sure if you're very familiar with Dhamma Chakra Pawatana Sutta. In Dhamma Chakra, the Buddha said, Noble truth has to be understood. The origin, in other words, craving, has to be abandoned. Realization has to be, sorry, uh, cessation of dukkha has to be realized. The path has to be cultivated. Do you remember this? So the four parts of Panya is understanding, abandoning, cultivating, realizing. These are the four parts of Panya. In everything that you do, remember these four words. I'm not as good as Yen in, in, in coming up with the easiest to remember acronym. I'm very jealous. UACR. U -A -C -R. Understanding. Let me explain. Understanding means knowing for yourself, understanding correctly the conceptual knowledge. Four Noble Truth, Eightfold Path, Tilakana, Kama, Rebirth, you name it. The Buddha's teaching, understand the concept correctly. Four Noble Truths, I told you. You don't know anything you know for Noble Truth can get you into the stream. That one, you have to understand absolutely correctly. No wrong parts. You understand it wrongly, you must do many U-turn. Okay? So that is conceptual understanding. Number two, understanding at different parts. Number two, it says experiential panya. What you understand conceptually you must also understand when you experience it. Correlation between dukkha and craving. When craving drops, dukkha drops. You must see and experience for yourself. That is experiential panya. And you must see and you must remember. Every piece of the Buddha's Dhamma is experiential. I'm telling you, the Buddha's Dhamma is a description of your mind. If you don't understand Dhamma, it means you don't understand your mind. Okay? Don't come and tell me, Buddha Dhamma very so profound, rich. You don't understand your mind. You haven't seen how it works in your mind. That is why you don't understand the Dhamma. But the moment you begin to see your mind, 
you can actually see when he said this, he was describing this part of my mind, my habit, my instincts. <gasps> this is how you will start to talk once you begin to have experiential panel. This is how you will talk. Buddha Translated Buddha very accurate. <laughs> right? Correct? For those of you who are meditator. Correct? Buddha Chun. <laughs> And you will start to say things like, but they're really good there. Why well, say it? <laughs> Conceptual panya, understand correctly. Experiential panya, see it correctly, understand it correctly. The two of them, what you learn and what you see is iterative. It must keep connecting all the time. Daily, you must keep seeing and understanding it. Okay? The second part, abandoning, now, abandoning the defilements, cultivating the kusala. These two, so that you are transformed, body, speech, and mind. You have to transform. If you don't transform, you want to have your cake and eat it. I want to be the same nasty person I am, but happier. <laughs> the reason why you're not happy is because you're the same nasty person. <laughs> In every sense of the word, I'm telling you, one punch out, two punch back. Okay? Don't come and tell me I'm protecting the mark. You don't have the word, but I the mouth, punch, two punch back. You will not be happy in this life and future lives. That's the scary part. You want to be really happy? You learn to serve, to give, open-heartedly with all the, all the sincerity. You will start to see change in yourself. Then you see very hard, that's because you are two steps backward, two steps forward. You never really move. Okay? If you move, it should be three step forward, one step back. Okay, uh, please, uh, one step, okay. Uh. The most jala is two step forward, three step back. You regress. Really? You might as well reverse and walk the other way. You will hit in the correct direction. <laughs> okay, so abandoning your defilements, abandoning the part of you that you know you don't like. And cultivating the part of you that may be difficult, but you know it's necessary. I don't have to teach you, right? I don't want to sit here and have to explain to you, you know, I'm huh? Now Forget about precept, forget about numbers. Just remember national average. See where you're moving along that percentage line. And finally, finally, realizing you need panya. To see for yourself when the mind explodes in joy, when the mind gets it. Look, <sighs> no, it's not magic. It's not what you are to experience. It's not something you have never experienced. It's just that you didn't understand. That's the difference. It is not that suddenly you see light. Then it floats like a UFO. 
And then it explodes into multi-million lines. And that's when I know I'm enlightened. Did the Buddha say like that? <laughs> Buddha never said like that, you know? His enlightenment is, and he saw the destruction of the kings. It boils down to the kings. Defilements. He saw for himself how defilements were no longer an affliction for him. It won't happen again. So you want to know if you're enlightened? You look for yourself, see for yourself how much of your stains, pains still beset you, still affect you. The less, the nicer, not you say nicer, huh? Because people say you're nicer. You own self say own self doesn't work. <laughs> the world looks at you and says, hey, you're a happier guy, why? Ah, that's when you say, yeah, 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 thank you. I'm going, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying. Okay? So, this part about realizing, right, is really to realize with insight, you saw for yourself, you understand what he taught. You understand what's written in the sutta. You understand. It makes sense. You got it. You will know when you understand. If you need someone to say, have I entered the stream? No, you have not. <laughs> If you need someone to affirm, no, you have not. Because your mind hasn't changed. You still need affirmation. Okay? This has one more new one. Addiction to becoming. Of the mental states, of all the mental states, this is the one needed for cessation of Do you understand what it means by addiction to becoming? All of us, by instinct, wants to live on. We all want to live on. By instinct, we hope that in the next birth, that fellow is in a good life. And it's me, yeah? me. Number one. Number many ones. Panya. Panya is that mental state that enables the individual to realize that the becoming, the becoming is dukkha. Right now, we don't see becoming as dukkha. Right now. In fact, if you sit down there and say that becoming is very dukkha, what you were likely to experience is we the other one opposite to becoming. I don't want to become. I don't want to become. That is also becoming. I want to become the one. I want to become, become not. <laughs> I leave it to you to work out the knots. But the idea is, as long as the mind hasn't let go of the I, as long as the mind hasn't let go of that I, there is becoming. And only, only Panya. Panya is where it penetrates. Up to this point, any question? The five mental states we have discussed. Just a couple more slides. Okay? Next. 
Transforming means working, weaving into your mind the habits of the five mental states as we had been discussed earlier. And you must, you understand it correctly and you keep cultivating it. And as you cultivate, this is really the interesting part, huh? as you cultivate, as those mental states become a part of your data bank, you will begin to understand each mental state far more than what's been discussed. They are, what we have discussed is just a tip of the iceberg. The most important parts of the iceberg, those are the important parts. But as they become, as those mental states become a feature in your mind, you will begin to understand the following. Number one, why they are so important. Number two, how they are important. Number three, how you can cultivate and make it even more powerful, these mental states, how they grow, how they work together, and this is what we're going to talk about. Mental states don't work together. I mean, sorry, they don't work singularly. They must work together. Sometimes in one direction, and other times they feed on each other syn synergistically. Okay? Sealer and Sadda, most important combination. You must have faith to want to do it the way it must be done. You want to restrain your loba dosa. The more you believe in the Buddha and the teaching, the more you understand, the more you will do it. Otherwise, it will be two step forward, one step backward. On a good day, you will remember to give. On a bad day, you forgot. Take back. Give already, take back. Where's my receipt? <laughs> ah, sorry. They are like that. Okay? Chaga, Sila, Sata. The more you understand, the more you will do. The more you will do, the more you understand. And every one of them work together. Two ways, three ways, they're all working together. Okay? Now, I said earlier that this term, this term, the focus was on helping you, the lay person, lead a happier lay life. There is actually a part two to it. The part that says towards heaven. You create all these mental states until they become a part of you at the dying period. Those are, these are the mental states that you bring along. They are the mental states that you will bring along. How do we know that? You know, there is this cute little, one of my favorite romantic story. All time romantic story in the canon. You all know the story? Nakula Pita, Pitu, Nakula Mata. The, the Mr. and Mrs. Nakula. Mr. and Mrs. Nakula were so in love, they have been together for eons. Still not enough. Went to Buddha and said, hey, how we guarantee we come together again? Bhante. Bhante says, if you equal each other in Sadda, Sila, Chaga, Panya, you will come back together again. So what does that mean? Mental states, these are the mental states that will carry you 
that you will carry to the next life. The habits. The strength. They are powerful mental energies. Powerful mental energies that will lift the mind at the end. Okay. I said confidence in your own goodness, clear conscience in the mind will be light, calm and, and steady. And the mind will lift. Because there's no darkness, <coughs> only lightness. Understand? Any question? Now, I shall talk about next term. Next term, the focus is on for the serious practitioner. This term, I call it uprooting weeds. Pull, pull, pull the part. Sorry, sorry. This term is trimming grass. Next term is uprooting weeds. We are going for the end of becoming story. It's only a story, right? I mean, you're not even in the stream, so it's only a story. And the, the whole intent of next term is what did the Buddha teach about ending becoming? How? How to do it? So we will introduce all these core concepts, the vulnerable truths, the eightfold path, Three characteristics, the aggregate of grasping, the five aggregates of grasping, five spiritual factors, that's what as well as before. We'll introduce meditation and we will bring you on this weekend retreat, not stay in. BF doesn't have enough space. So it's a stay out weekend retreat, just a weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And we, we do a, a taste. It's only a taste, literally, taste. <laughs> to, to helping you to see how the mind works. Now, you see, for the lay people, the five mental states that the Buddha talked about, you repeat up, you, you repeat for me. Sakta, Zila, Sutta, Chaga, Panya. For the practitioner, the five mental states are Sakda, Virya, Sakti, Samadhi, Panya. So there are three new ones. Virya, Sakti, Samadhi. Sakti, Samadhi, these are the two mental states that if you want to see the Dhamma and be able to correlate the Dhamma to what you're observing in the mind in a much deeper and more profound way, you will need a meditation. Done correctly. Everything is about Samma. S-A-M-M-A. Samma means correct. Right. But did you also know Sama also means perfect. Sama Sambuddha. We have always translated Sama in the Eightfold Path Sama as correct or right. But you think about it, if it is Sama Sambuddha, it must mean Sama Eightfold Path. Wisdom must be perfect. Sila must be perfect. Samadhi must be perfect. Then, you are hitting those eyes. Okay? And if you say, okay, one step at a time, one step at a time, I agree with you, one step at a time. So we don't need to hit both eyes. 
bull's eyes, but you must hit at least within the target. So you must aim to tune at the target board and don't have your missile fly all over, hit a bird, hit a plane. <laughs> cannot, uh, and cannot hit Superman. Uh. And all over the place. Okay? So next 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 class will be that's why this is the meditation comes in, Sati Samadhi. And finally, I'm uh, introducing you to the poster. <laughs> and then it's for yourself for yourself. You can download this online anyway. Those who have registered earlier this year, you do not need to register again. It's an automatic flow through. If you are here for the first time and you are curious about next term, after uh, open ready, ah, it's open for registration. Okay, and I was happily telling you about my book. The tree is painted by Miss June here. The format, Miss June. <laughs> And the formatting and all is done by Miss Ming there. And the research of all the footnotes, and we will have a over hundreds of footnotes done by Rex and Abby there. I only did writing. That's all I do. Okay? Any question? No question. Seriously, you know everything already. Okay, test. Oh, sorry, I forgot to switch off.